Welcome to Love Bass Love Talk on Bass Girls Ivy. Paul Bass is out there. Good morning, Harry. Paul Bass out there in the street ready to get in. <laughs> and, and he's like, I, I have somebody, but I don't see y'all ready yet. <laughs> well, we don't get people at nine o'clock. <laughs> we on now. Come on. I don't know what's up. It takes a minute. Sometimes my computer doesn't, um, sometimes my screen doesn't um, open up. It's in no way. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you, Paul. I know you, I know you'll find somebody. Listen, if y'all just tuned in around nine o'clock, you got me, uh, Bath Rolls Ivy. Welcome to Love Bath Love Talk. It's Thursday in the Elm, and I think it's going to rain today. So um, so while Paul is out there scouring these the, the mean streets of New Haven. <laughs> while Paul is out there scouring the mean streets of New Haven, uh, we're going to keep the show moving because it's a radio show and it is hella live, hella live. Woo! It's been a week. 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 Tell you these arts, these art organizations are gonna wear me out. Let me tell you something. Too much is going on. So y'all know Lisa Dent is leaving for Mass Mocha. She's leaving Art Space. I think I talked about this already, but she's leaving. I really like Lisa Dent. I thought she had great vision. I thought she brought a lot of flavor to the uh, art space. I've never seen that many black people in art space ever since I've known of it. I don't care what they say. Um, she had a contentious ass board and people on that board who were assassins. I'm just saying it. I don't, what the hell? Truth is the truth. Um, Diane Brown resigned from the board, right? When, um, when Lisa did, um, um, 10, 10, 10 did her, uh, resignation. So, you know, that says a lot. If Diane Brown is, uh, not with you, listen, you're pretty much done. And uh, and so there was a bunch of us who saw saw what was happening, and you know we was just always trying to keep the sister like, listen, you leave when you want to leave, but she's leaving because she wants to leave because she's had enough, and that's unfortunate. And I I want people to know that um, the arts community is not immune to to the politics and the foolishness of people, and and white supremacy and and all of that. It's just not immune to it. As a matter of fact, they're probably more. You, you probably more things are probably done in the arts community than anywhere else second to corporate America. So listen, this, uh, I'm not surprised and, uh, and hella disappointed, hella disappointed, but you know what? All things work for their own, for the, for their own greater good. I believe I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Because, you know, these folks in this town sometimes, and I love this arts community. 
because it, because I, I do find it to be welcoming. I do find it to be engaging. I do find it to be, you know, finally sort of centering um, voices that it didn't use to center before. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying. So anyway, I'm going to move on from that because, you know, life is short. So last night I was at the uh, Woosley Hall for the MLK discussion with uh, James Foreman Jr. Uh, so it was uh, Martin Luther King III and James Foreman Jr., um, who, who both their parents were civil rights icons, right? James Foreman's dad, uh, James Foreman Sr., Martin Luther King uh, III's dad, Martin Luther King Jr., um, and a lot of a lot of interesting stuff came out of the conversation last night, particularly around uh, the trauma faced by and lived with by children of civil rights uh, uh, legends. You know, I'm talking, you know, the, the King family, um, um, Malcolm X's family, uh, James Foreman and his family, and countless others who had to endure. And you know when when um when um MLK the third was talking about what he grew up with and the threat of violence. And you know, he talked about something that people don't often talk about, how, you know, um his his grandmother was gunned down in church, you know, assassinated in church. His grandmother, just after his father. So, uh, and he had an uncle that was uh, killed um, and another uncle that mysteriously drowned. So they've lived with a great deal of trauma and tragedy. And, uh, and it's not ever talked about, you know, it's not ever talked about. So it was a lot to unpack last night. You know, uh, he talked about political strategy and, and young people getting out there to, to do this, to do this work. And pretty much what I said yesterday, that people who freedom fight, people who don't freedom fight going to benefit from the work of people who freedom fight. He said it. And I just like, you know what, God, I hear you. I know, I know you, I know you trying to let me hear something. And I heard it. I heard it. But it was a good conversation. It was a very good conversation last night with, uh, with uh, Mr. Form, Professor Foreman and, and Martin Luther King III. It was, and I'm interested to read all to, to read all the takes on it. You know, if there's some articles that come out of this, which I'm sure there is. I saw my sorrows in the house last night. Delta Sigma Theta, uh, New Haven alumni chapter. I saw some of the divinity the divinity students uh, last night because I I know uh, one or two of them, uh, and it was nice to see uh, to see them uh, out and about. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited and, uh, it was good. And it was a wonderful night. It was warm. It was ridiculously warm. This is January. I'm not complaining. When you hear me say this, it's not a complaint. It really is just shock and awe. <laughs> shock, awe. Oh my God. It's warm. It's like spring. Yesterday was like spring. So anyway, that was good. I, I'm glad I I'm glad I made I made it to uh to the MLK talk. Cause I wasn't. I was on the fence because I was like, well, 
you know, there's a couple other things I want to do, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I met Ife down here. So, uh, and yesterday was Ife's first day of school, y'all. She was so cute. <laughs> she can't hear me now because she got to be in class and so she can't listen. <laughs> so she's, she's back in school working on working on her, uh, her undergraduate degree uh, because she was at Morgan State. And she didn't get a chance to finish. And, uh, and I know that was always in the back of her mind to finish. So, so she is back in school full time, uh, working toward her, her, her degree. So, and you've never too old to do, to do what you ever wanted to do. I'm living testament of that. So, so MLK was good last night. Then we went over to, uh, the cannon, um, for like dinner. No, uh, little vegan vegetarian pub over there on, um, on uh, Dwight and uh, Chapel. It was good. I mean, it's always good there. We always have a good time. We al we always we always have a good time. And uh I was just very happy to uh to uh to go and uh you know be in the space, have a beer. And uh so that was good. So anyway, I went back to tap dance class yesterday. Yesterday was the first day back to tap dancing class in three years. It's been a long time, long time. I was wore out. Let me tell you, I can't find my tap shoes. And I gotta, I gotta look for my tap shoes by the time next class so I could at least wear them. I know they're somewhere. I just don't know where they are. So I gotta like to look around and see if I can find them. I thought they were hanging, um, in my uh in my spare bedroom, which is my closet, but my daughter is in there um, now. Um, so um, I got to go and just look around, see if I can find them. I tried doing it yesterday because in my mind, I saw them. And then when I went to where I thought I had put them, they weren't there. So I was like, damn it, what the hell are these shoes? <laughs> I saw my other dance shoes because I have shoes for tango, right? So I have my tango shoes, which which are right right there. I don't know where my tap shoes are, so I gotta I gotta look around and find them. This is gonna get on my nerves, um, cause I, I I want to wear them to class, and I'll be back to class uh, next Wednesday. So Wednesday's is tap class. It was a workout, let me tell you. I was sweating. <laughs> I was like, woo, sweat. But it was good. 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 It was nice to be back in the space. It was nice to be back. I saw Victoria. I met uh, Emma, I think Emma or Emily. And, you know, uh, Alexis uh, Robbins is the uh, is my teacher. So it was nice. I couldn't stay for the whole class because I needed to get downtown so that I could park for the MLK uh, event at Woosley Hall. And, you know, there's no damn good parking by Woosley Hall. Like, it is catch as catch can. Uh, so I, I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to spend any time trying to drive around looking for a park. And then I didn't want to park so far away, like, where I had to hike. I didn't want to do that. So anyway, that was that. So, yeah, so it worked out to be good for me last night. I I, uh, I went to tap dancing class. I went to hear MLK speak um, and raise some issues that I hadn't heard before. And it was really, really quite moving. I saw lots of people that I hadn't seen in a minute. So that was wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, all right, people, we outside. And Serafina Robinson, who brought me some eggs. 
So Serafina Robinson, our beloved Serafina Robinson, dancer and uh, consultant for, I don't know, some something at Yale. Um, she has chickens in Stratford and they've been laying eggs. So she brought me a dozen for a very small amount of money, which is obscene. And, uh, and, and so I posted it up on my Facebook page and now she got several new customers. So she's going to be, she's going to, she's the egg dealer. She's going to be running, she's going to be running these streets of New Haven with these eggs. <laughs> and it just makes you feel good that this sister has, has got these eggs and they can't eat them all anyway. So, you know, we buy them from her. She runs down. We get to see her a little more often. I love it. Everything about it. You know, everything about it. And she was like, you can keep these. She washed them off for me and everything. So these eggs could be, uh, sit right on my counter. And they are. So I'm going to crack them. She's like, she's like, you got about two weeks for them. I was like, all right, I'm going to eat these damn eggs. <laughs> I'm going to eat these eggs. Oh, Lord have mercy. Get these eggs eaten. Um. So, so, but it was good to see Serafina. She's engaged and she's getting married. And um, so she's her her fiance is from Africa, and I don't know where in Africa. Ah, uh, see, this is when I need Ife because she would know. And uh, and Serafina's people are from the American South, so you talk about it's like uh, my big fat Greek wedding meets coming to America. <laughs> that's that's about the only way I would describe that. My big fat Greek wedding meets coming to America. It's like a mashup of all of that. So, um, because they had to have all these ceremonies, pre-engagement ceremonies, engagement, and now they're uh building to the to the wedding. <laughs> I told her I'm a justice of the peace. I'll happily marry them. So yeah, I love I love to marry people. I'll marry you in a minute. I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you. So, uh, but uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was good. Last night was good. And, and to have warm weather and to have warm weather is uh, such a, a a plus. You know what I mean? Like have all this warm weather. It's rainy today. So today my goal is I'm supposed to catch up with Addis Castillo um, for lunch. I mean, a late, late, uh, early dinner or early something meetup at four o'clock. Um, so I'm going to a place I've never been before. I'm, I'll tell you about it tomorrow if I actually get there. Because I've been resistant to this place. But my friend Jackie Buster is a huge fan of this place. And so I'm going to just, if Jackie Buster digs it, and we we roll at the same kind of highbrow level, um, then I'm going to dig it. So, you know, uh, so I, hopefully today I'll be able to hang out with Addis if her schedule permits. So anyway, and then I'm going to go hear um, the fabulously talented uh, Kalila D, Dr. Kalila Dean Brown, uh, in conversation with um, Nicholas uh, Deverdoff about his book um, uh, uh, On the Other Side of Prospect. So I'm excited because I, I think Kalila is probably uh, one of the finest minds in America. And uh, and I just I just love her so so to hear her uh, uh, be in conversation with uh, Nikki who I dig like these are two intellectual giants right I mean yeah I enjoy talking to them but I'm no Kalila Brown Dean no Kal Kalila Dean Brown you know I'm not her um, so 
so what I whatever it is I bring to a conversation is what I bring, but she comes with a whole bunch of intellect. <laughs> like that sister is for sure an intellectual. And uh and uh and I think a conversation between them two would be really engaging. So I'm gonna sit in the audience tonight here, here to talk, talk. You know, go, go, go with it and go forward and go through it. So uh so it's wonderful. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited by that. I really am. So and uh, and I love that his book is just getting some traction. I wanted to get some traction. I wanted to get in front of people. I want people to read this book. Um, and it's like a gift to New Haven. It's our story. It's, it's our story, you know. And I'm proud to be in the book myself. So I'm quoted in the book or talked about in the book. I haven't read the book. I have the damn book. I haven't read it. I have my my reading stack is so big. And then Ife gave me another book the other night. Uh, uh, she just finished Marita Golden's uh, uh, the wide um circumference of love and i'm a i'm a i'm a huge marita golden fan so uh i want to read this book god knows i think you know what i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to make february uh the, the month that i just read voraciously so we'll see i had a good meeting with my uh yale to yale access to law school coach we had breakfast early lunch at poppy's yesterday and you know um demi moore she's such a wonderful and she's so pretty like she's such a pretty girl pretty woman uh but she's smart too i love talking to her and she has the smallest handwriting i've ever seen and it is hella neat <laughs> but it's it's tiny like i wear glasses and i need magnifying glass with them with that script like girl what is going on um so we had a good meeting um, to get me back on track for my LSAT. And uh, every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I got to get some studying in today because that should have happened yesterday, but I went to the MLK thing instead. See, it's these kinds of decisions that I've really got to get better at. Like, no, I can't. So anyway, I think Paul is here for word on the street. Let me see who we dug up today. I'm telling you, Haven, Haven is chock full of the most interesting people the most, that's why New York Times said, you know what? New Haven's got to be on your list of 52 places to go see. <laughs> I'm in agreement. I'm, you get no argument from me, New York Times. I'm I'm with you. So, so Paul's out here in these streets. You see who he's run up on today. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed yesterday. So we'll see. Yeah, we're, you're in. What are you doing? Well, you're in. There you go. Good morning. Good morning, Babs. I got someone who I think you're going to really have fun meeting. Okay. He's really friendly. I'm here at Super Saver Laundromat on Elm and Kensington. And I'm talking to Cass, who's doing a lot of things at once. And Cass is actually a short form of his name, which we'll get to. But Cass is doing a bunch of things at once, right, Cass? So I want to start by asking you, Cass, what is the word on the street? Word on the street. Having a pleasant day and a all right. Now you're doing that at Super Saver Laundromat. And one of the things you're doing is your laundry. How many loads you got? And how often do you do it? Uh, every four days. Every four days. And why do you Every come four in days? One, every four days. One, one because I work overnight at security. And then at the same time, I give away free government tablets. So I don't have the time to really wash my clothes. <laughs> so I come here every four days. I come in here 
um, check if people got benefits, food stamps, Medicaid. They apply, they get a free tablet for their kids or family or whoever is in need of a tablet. Well, Gap Babs was your question that it seems like he does it a lot, not a little. Like Yeah, like a lot. Time, but four sounds like you get here twice a week almost. Yeah, so like, what, were you working overnight, or did you get to sleep? Um, no, I sleep. I sleep at my security job. Don't make that sound bad. <laughs> okay, are you allowed to? And where is that? And then what happens? But you can't go on a whole day on two hours. Huh? You can't just get two hours sleep for the whole day, can you? Well, honestly, no. I can get a nap on, later. I can run a yeah, nap later because mm -hmm. I don't work. I, uh, I actually quit Walmart, so that was my second job. I was working two to eleven. It was taking a lot of my time. Plus, I have a son I take care of, so it was a lot on my agenda, so I had to leave one job. And how many hours a week was each job? You had Walmart, 40 of each? So you worked 80 hours a week? You got energy at Kentucky to do things now. <laughs> but so, Cash, you were working Walmart and Milford Mall security. So now he's doing Milford Mall. Yes, What's your shift? Uh, from 11 to 7. And, and, and how many days a week? Uh, five days a week, 40 hours. So you worked last night? Yeah. How was the I shift? I got off. I got off 7 o'clock this morning. And then you went home, picked up your clothes, and came here. You live near here? Yeah, I live right around the corner, like three, four blocks. So how was the overnight? What was happening at Wilford Mall? Um, Wilford Mall is a lot that it's a lot that go, lot that I can't speak about. But um, overnight, overnight is fine though. It's uh, easy. Closed, um, right? It's closed. I get to read my Bible. I get to pray. Get to meditate. So it's a lot that um I get to do during the night that I can't do. During the and do they want you there in case people break in? Yeah, because I imagine security is different for the people on the other shifts. People get in fights, they steal stuff, right? Yeah, they do. That's uh, when I was working swing shift, two to a uh, swing shift, I'm at the mall, they'll do that. But overnight, it's peaceful. I mean, it's basically making sure nobody rob the store. Nobody usually do, thank God, because if they did, I wouldn't be. Able to. And they must have pretty good, like, don't they have physical security, like stuff that's hard to get in? Uh, they do, they you do. have to break things to get uh, in. But unfortunately, people don't know how to get in. So, for like me walking downstairs, walking, I'm actually getting my cardio. How many of those eight hours? How often are you on your feet? And how much do you sit watching monitors? Uh, monitors, I watch about two hours, and then the rest of it is like basically. But you say you also get to nap a little. Yeah. Okay, so you got your clothes. It's been four days since you were last year. Yeah. And um, was it piled up? Did you have like enough shirts and underwear and stuff? Oh yeah, enough, enough to come in here. If I don't gotta come in here. If I can come here once a week. But you're not just sitting here. Oh, no. First of all, one thing you do is playing a video game. Yeah, I actually exited. What was the game? Uh, this this right here, uh, I'm playing Call of Duty. And Call of yeah, Duty? What is that? Call I'm of sorry, Duty. I'm dumb. No, it's, it's a most popular Oh, Call game. of Duty. Yep. Are you good at it? Okay, now, now you're also doing a sales pitch here from the table. Yes. And what do you mean about getting your government um devices? So basically, uh, my company Millsat, we're located in Stanford. So what we do, we we give people it's a, a AC program where we reach out to people who get food stamps, Medicaid, or anything. Our main priority is for kids to reach out for their families. Of uh, us grown people, we really don't need the tablets. We can use it, but it's mainly for the kids. I mean, uh, like a tablet, like a, in between a phone and like a computer. Robot. But the, uh, what the difference is between someone with five years, one year warranty just in case it breaks, and your child has unlimited resource to use. So why do you why do you get it free? Oh, this is just part of this part of the program. Yeah, it's a program. A month for free. So why why are they being given out? Every program for the kids. AP? Why are they giving out? It's like Obama phone. 
but they're tablets from the government. Yeah. From the government. Now, how do you get paid by? How many you give out, or is it do you oh, get we hourly? For for every tablet that that successfully strikes. And how can you prove that they gave you gave out a tablet? Like, how can you? Oh, oh, I can log into my network and I see how many sales I did. And they say it is a sale. So is there money at some point that somebody pays for something? No, it's a free government tablet. So how's it a sale? Because it's a sale because once it goes through and they uh they uh they got food stamps or benefit of it, so basically it just went through. Well, I mean, does the person who gets the tablet have to pay for anything no. ever? No. I know this program. I know the program and I know the phone program too, because there's a phone phone program that does yeah. the same thing. So it, it is, just yeah. what it does is it um it just gives people access to the internet and access to cell phone access to uh yeah so and the government gives them out but they use a private company to try to distribute them is that the idea mm -hmm. gotcha so what else how did you do today anyone get one of these did anybody, <laughs> did anybody get one today no unfortunately no these are my last two tablets and so i have to go to the box you work hard cash oh yes, I'm, <laughs> yes i do I mean, if there's nobody else going to do it for me. If I could sit down and let people work, I would. Not right now. Now, you had to get rid of the Walmart gig. How did Walmart compare to um, Milford Mall? What's your better place to work? Uh, Walmart compared to security. Honestly, it's a lot that's beneficial. Um, I probably get paid two hours, $2 less than Walmart. But um, other than that, uh, the work is not, it's not slavery. I'm not hurting my back. I'm not moving the truck. Um, I don't have customers actually 24-7 where do things go while I'm working. So Walmart security wasn't security, it was something else? Yeah, I was doing uh, inventory. So that's harder. Yeah, I was unloading a truck, 4,000 feet truck, two trucks a day. Got to pull about like 20, 30 pallets to the floor. You were tired? Yes. And then you would go to Milford? You'd go 16 hours straight? Yes, you got endurance. Did you, when you were in high school or anything, did you do anything like that? Did you sports or something where you push yourself? Oh, I played football. I played football for century. I played football for like four years. What, what high school? Now, I'm just trying to imagine the physical drive that gets you through eight hours of backbreaking work at Walmart and then staying awake in the middle of the night when everyone's sleeping at Milford is kind of sleepy, right? And, but you're still walking around. Is there anything or am I making this up that's something like when you're playing football and they drive you extra at the practices? You know what I mean? We have to push yourself to endurance. Uh, what drives me, honestly, I could say is my son. Because if I don't go to work, my son don't eat. So it's um mentally, mentally I'm not tired. Mentally, I'm just focused on my son. I tell my son all the time, if you could school, good the grades, and I could work two jobs and I could get my job done. And how old is your son? My son just turned. What's his name? Alejandro. A L. A L A A N D R O. You love him a lot. Honestly, my only boy, so I gotta pick him up from school. You'll be awake. Oh, I'll be. But you get a nap before that? Oh no, no, oh no, I won't get a nap. Yeah, I'm just excited for him to come out of school and give me a hug. We got a special handshake that we do. What is that? Want to show me the handshake? Huh? It's like, so it's a handshake. You go like this, and then you slide it up. They go like that, and they go boom. Yeah. And you do that when you pick them up. What school? Uh, he goes to Amistad. The one right here. Yeah. Oh, so you're right in the neighborhood. You pick him up on foot, not car. That's nice in the neighborhood. What about um, what did you play in high school? What, what position? Um, high school, I played a middle linebacker, outside linebacker, kickoff, kickoff return, and here and there sometimes safety. So if you ask me where I get all the adrenaline from, or endurance, I'm thinking. 
So what did the coach tell you for that? Would you remember anything about oh, he doing that? Never get <laughs> Playing four or five positions, you never get over. So honestly, it, it built me to actually work nine to five, two nine to fives, and be a part time dad and still do my run my own business. And was there anything about the practices of the workout routine when you're doing those kind of kind of heavy contact, heavy endurance positions? Was there any particular either mental exercise you had to prep yourself or something physically had you do that got you strong? Oh, push-ups. And mentally, I had to tell myself, if you get hit, you got to get back up. There was some big people that knocked the wind out of it. What year were you across? Uh, My kids were a little older. Okay. <laughs> I'm 29. I'm still young. You're still young. And um, anything else from Babs for cash? Um... So, are you from New Haven? Did you grow? Where did you grow up? Um, I was born and raised in New Haven. Um, a lot of people from this side. I was born in the hills, so um, where it was a lot of violence. And as a young kid, it was hard to it was hard to get out um, around people that did drugs or had guns and everything like that. So I really had to separate myself to actually make it out. I had friends that died 16, 15, and I'm 29. So to me, it's a blessing to be alive. Any name pop up? Oh my fa I had a um I had a best friend, my first my first friend named Sean Reeves. Died in the shooting. Sean Reeves, yeah. right here down the street yeah, exactly. by Chapel and um Day. His father does, you know his dad? Uh, I know his family, I know his cousins. Sean was yeah. your friend. He was my first friend. We went to Captain Brennan together. Mm -hmm. What happened? were you there that night? Um no, I wasn't there that night. I actually popped out on the news that morning. And it was kinda heartbroken. So and after that, it was, it was devastating. I still dream about him, still think about him. So that's a lot of good memories. What about endurance? That's another kind of endurance. 15 years old, and you said years after that, you lost some friends. What about the endurance to stay on the, this is cliche, the playing field of life? Do anything go through your mind when you saw friends dying when you are a teenager, young adult, and what that tells you about how to keep enduring, pressing on? Um, that honestly, seeing my friends die at a young age, it taught me how to be around uh, a stronger circle, around people that's motivated, people that have goals. Um, because growing up, my friends was like, yeah, I said, they from the drugs and everything, but I never seen that side of them. I always seen like the brightest side, like school, hanging on, everything like that. So they actually kept that life separate from me. But um, still to this day, it just keeps me motivated to just motivate other kids, people to stay away from the drugs, to chase your dream. It's never too late. Sounds the word motivation comes up a lot when you're talking. I got it. I get up. I think I get up. What are you gonna do after your laundry today? Oh, I, I do my laundry. Oh, I actually go home. Breakfast. What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? A big egg and cheese. That's my son's favorite meal. I'm gonna have it myself today. All right, Babs. Anything else for cash? No, thank you so much. I appreciate really your story. Actually, honestly, this is my first time doing this, so honestly, I enjoyed it. Um, it was Excellent. a pleasure. I will always do it again. I, I listen. Anybody else that you guys run into or you guys run into, I hope they put a smile on your face like that. You did. You did. All right, Babs. Well, Thank this is you. Cash and Paul signing off from the Super Saver Laundry at Kensington and Elm. Or the word on the street: Love Babs, Love Talk, WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. Thank you. All right. I'm telling you, you cannot beat this word on the street. You just cannot beat it. <laughs> you would not know these people if we didn't do word on the street. You just would not know them.
I feel like it's every time, every time I, every time we talk to somebody, I learn something more about the greatness of this city and, and the way that it moves. And there's so many hardworking people, you know, and, and he reminds me a lot of my mom um, with that whole, uh, you know, if you get good grades, I'll work for you. That kind of mindset. Uh, I enjoy that very much. So uh, I enjoy that very much. So thank you for that, Paul. Cash out here, uh, working jobs like, like, like just working all these jobs at a young age. Uh, and taking care of his his uh, his son, and excited to pick him up from school today at three thirty. That's wonderful. I makes my heart feel good. Makes me proud of my city when I see all these these hardworking people who, you know, who just make this city what it is. Who make this city go. Who make this city run. Who make this city vibrant. You know, although laundry every four days. Damn, I don't. <laughs> I, I got a large, I got my washing machine dryer in my apartment and I don't wash that often. Like, oh Lord, I couldn't. That's a lot of washing. You know, a lot of washing. But you know what? He got he got a tight schedule, so he's gotta get it in when he could get it in. And I bet if he if he uh if he let it lapse, it would be overwhelming. Like one load is doable, right? Because I don't think it's like watching washing the same clothes over and over again. Um, I think, I think he's got it down to a, a manageable science, which is pretty damn good. So five to cash. Now I have to read up to see what his whole name is because we didn't get a chance to talk about that. So I want to know his whole name. Cash. <laughs> what does cash stand for? What is cash short for? You know, it's that kind of thing. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm telling you, Word right on the Street is such a wonderful slice of uh, New Haven. Just a wonderful slice of New Haven. And you never know what you're going to get. And you never know what you're going to hear. And you just never know. So enjoy that. And learn something. This is what makes this city great. You know, that's what makes it great. I appreciate it. So appreciate it. Um, anyway. Back to our reg regularly scheduled program. Tomorrow, I have um, I have my friend uh, uh, Kay Holness coming on tomorrow with a young man um, who uh, Shamar, who uh, is in the process of uh, trying to continue his higher education. So um, they've raised. Uh, almost $8,000 for him. And they're trying to raise a little bit more money. His name is Shamar Wilson. And he's uh, from Runway Bay, Runway Bay, Jamaica. And uh, he is graduating. He's trying to graduate from Alberta's Magnus College. Um, he uh, wants to continue his journey uh, to represent his country as a golfer. So despite his great success in school and in his sport, uh, he is an international student who is not eligible for financial aid and does not have access to student loans, which means he does not have access to the financial means to cover college costs like tuition, meals, boarding, and fees. So uh, he is a gifted sophomore. He's pursuing a degree in business marketing. He maintains a 3.28 grade point average while also being an active member of, of the Albertus Magnus golf team. 
So he is 6'5". Ooh, he's tall. He is a naturally gifted golfer who has been playing for approximately five years. Um, in that short time, he's bonded his, he has honed his skills in the Howerman, uh, Howerman Cup in Puerto Rico, the Caribbean Golf Championship, and the Jamaican Open. And with the help of his adoptive U.S. family, Daniel and Michelle Simpson, Shamar was able to apply and attend college right here in New Haven at Albertus Magnus. He also played various NCAA Division III events during his time here. In his first collegiate year, Shamar was named AMC Spotlight Player of the Week, placed second in the Mitchell Invite, and achieved the great Northeast Atlantic Conference Rookie of the Week four weeks in a row. Um, so his pri um, their primary mission at the Jamaican-American Connection in New Haven um, is a uh, is a nonprofit uh, organization, and what they're trying to what they try to do is advance, encourage, and foster the cultural, education, and economic well being of Jamaican and Caribbean West Indian communities in Greater New Haven. So, with that mission in mind, they're trying to help provide Shamar uh, to help him achieve his dream, and uh, and they're asking people to make donations. So he's going to be on tomorrow talking about what this means. And uh, I, I hope you can get some money or some funds to to do this. And I hope anybody listening who has the resources or the means can uh, you know help this young man. Um, that would be a a huge help, you know. So thirty folk, thirty contributions have raised eight thousand dollars. So uh, I don't know what the end goal is, but I know um, um, he's got a ways to go if he's trying to make some tuition. So, and I wish that uh, Albertus Magnus had the means, or maybe they do, or maybe we have to have a larger conversation uh, to help him. So, um, so yeah, so they'll be my guest tomorrow at 10, 15. Uh, so we could talk about his journey. We could talk about what this, what he is requiring and what he needs to continue. A sophomore uh, in college at Albertus Magnus College. So, you know, we'll have a good conversation tomorrow. Uh, I'm grateful to talk to him and, uh, and I want to hear about where this love of golf came from, you know, and, and what are his hopes and dreams and aspirations? So we're going to get into it tomorrow. So if you're around, tune in 10, 15, we'll have a good conversation. And then uh, I'll start uh, programming up because there's some other folks that I need to be talking to in the next the weeks and days ahead. Uh, I tell you what's on fire. Uh, these young, these young, these young, these young tennis players, uh, tier four and uh, golf, they are burning up the courts, man. They are burning up the courts. And I'm, I've been paying attention and watching. So I'm excited. I am very, very excited. So anyway. Uh, uh, I might have to catch me some games this year on the court. I might have to just pay closer attention and follow along, you know. Uh, so right now, I think it's the Australian Open. And uh, my friend Andrew follows tennis closely, closer than I do. So he sent me some... Uh, he sent me some information on that, on those games. Um, so they both won their matches. So I'm very excited by that. Uh, uh, so yeah, 
tennis is exciting. And I'm telling you, we are bearing witness to the changing of the guard. We are seeing the changing of the guard with these new jacks out here. They are doing the damn thing. They are doing it. So we must cheer them up. So now that I, you know, I'm getting my getting my soccer on, football, getting my soccer on and uh watching these young, these young and talented upcoming uh centered uh, tennis stars playing their hearts out and winning, winning some matches, winning some matches. So that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. So I'm trying to get into it. I'm getting into it. I'm trying to get into it. So anyway, let's see. What else can I talk about? Uh, oh, gosh, time gets away. I'm telling you, when you're on this radio and I'm doing all this talking, time goes like that. Just flies, flies, flies. <laughs> It flies, flies, flies. Man, it's almost ten o'clock. I'm about to take a break and uh, and get myself to to uh, together. So, oh, that so the so the Hank Willis Thomas sculpture, um, the 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 King Monument in Boston. You know, uh, Hank Willis Thomas is the uh, uh, the artist that created the sculpture. You know, the embrace, and uh, and everybody is. Uh, uh everybody is a, has these uh thoughts about it you know everybody is i i'm looking at a quote from charles blow if y'all don't know charles blow from the new york times i google him but um he said um and i i i'm going to read it and then i'll tell you what i think unconventional memorials can not only survive controversy they can be made legend by it Maya Lin's Vietnam Veteran Memorial was controversial when built. It was unconventional. Veterans protested it, called it ugly, and said it looked like a grave. Now it is the most visited memorial on the National Mall. Art isn't always easy. Often it challenges. Often it shocks. Indeed, if artists aim for universal affirmation and understand they surrender much of the magic of art. Sometimes we have to sit with an art for a while to appreciate it, Charles M. Blow. And he is absolutely right. You have to, art is arresting. Art ought to be, ought to be arresting and contemplative. You know, it should be. We, can, we can't always just, oh, I just, I like it. Everybody's not going to like everything. Everybody's not going to like 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 everything. I, I love I love this 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 uh this quote by Charles Blow. Uh, and and I and I love and I love the the monument. Uh, the monument. So you know. Art ought to be arresting and contemplative, you know. I mean, hell, the per French people didn't, the Parisians didn't like the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> they hated it. They thought it was a monster for, for their view, and it was hideous to their city. Now it's the most one of the most iconic buildings in the world. People go to Paris just to see it. Hell, I stood up under it. <laughs> 
I took a picture of it. <laughs> I'm in it. So I, you know, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes, uh, uh, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes some time. So, you know, I love art. I love, I love the way that art makes me feel, you know, sometimes that's good. You know, sometimes I feel bad. You know, it's just what it is. So I I I love it. So and I love all the conversation around it. Not all the ignorant stuff, because people are stupid. But but I like I like the way that people are wrestling with it and 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 looking at it from different angles. That's that's what art ought to do. It ought to make you wrestle with it. It ought to make you be confounded and conflicted. It ought to make you go, huh. I don't know, or uh, I I love it, or uh, uh, you know, it ought to it ought to do all those things, and that's the point. That is the point of art. It's not always a, a damn rainbow and a and a and a and a wonderful and a wonderful vista. You know what I mean? Like it's not always a beautiful bunch of flowers and it's not always uh mountains and clouds and the sea you know it's not always that sometimes it's damn how i feel about this <laughs> sometimes it's that sometimes is oh i i gotta come back around to this let me let me let me walk with it let me carry it in my spirit and then i'll come back to it let me get back around to it sometimes art is that sometimes you know, but art art should always be challenging and 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 thought provoking and and sometimes it's like, you know what, that's very pretty. That's very, very pretty. Like, or oh my God, that's gorgeous. You know. Sometimes. <laughs> and you know, I, I, I would tell people, don't be so quick to say you don't like it, even if you don't like it. It's like, you know what? I don't like it, but I'm going to come back around to it. You know, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back around to it. Maybe if I see it from a different angle, you know, and sometimes if you see a piece of art that you don't like it, it your mind, your heart, mind can be changed as you know, the backstory of it, as you talk to people about it, as you be, as you get more contemplative and discerning about it, it, it'll give you a, you can change your mind about it. You can say, oh, you know what? My initial reaction was this, but now it's this, right? That's, but that's a, that is a learning. That is a learning. That is art appreciation. That is, uh, uh, let me step into this thing fully, you know, and not trust what I, tr not, not let me just take face value. And, uh, you know, so I'll make my way to Boston and see it. That's, that's my plan. I probably won't get there until the spring because I don't want to mess around up there in this weather. Although it's been rather nice, rather nice. I figure I'll take a run up there and then I'll then run over to uh, Watertown, Waterstown and get to uh, Red Lento and eat some vegan food. Because I sure miss it. And I've been looking for reasons to get up that way to get to the vegan, vegan, to get to Red Lento. 
So maybe that might be a day trip. Get on the road early, go hang out, and then drive my little butt back. You know, hit Boston Commons and then take the stroll for the piece and then and then go eat somewhere and then get on the road and come back. Maybe that's what we do, you know. But it's always nice to run around Boston, Back Bay, and Fanu Hall, and uh, Beacon Hill, and, you know, all the places where you could do all the things, you know. It's like, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Not bad. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Not bad. So I... Th- I I, I love the conversation around it. Not not the stupid conversations and people just being ridiculous, you know. And and not the Leslie Jones conversation either, because she is silly. Uh and and I'm glad she is hosting. She's killing on the daily show this week. And uh I think that should be her job. <laughs> like just give Leslie Jones a job. But we'll see, because they got a bunch of hosts that they got coming up in the next several weeks. You know, like they got a whole host of people, D.L. Hughley and Wanda Sykes. And, and I think everybody's going to do an amazing job. You know, I think I think people are going to come on and they're going to they're going to be good at it and funny and all the things, you know. Um, but I think Leslie Jones set set the bar mighty, 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 mighty high. She set the bar mighty high. And if you've not caught The Daily Show since Trevor Noah left, and they have all these guest hosts, then this would be a good opportunity for you to catch it, to check it out. Good opportunity for you to check it out. So let me uh, let me get to my PSA before I take my break, uh, because I want to uh, I want to make sure I I get this in every day, and I try to get it in the first hour. So here you go. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Do you know someone who was a victim of human trafficking? Human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery with illegal smuggling and trading of people for forced labor and or sexual and physical abuse. This is a world problem as well as a problem in our beautiful state of Connecticut. Traffickers uh, target people, both boys and girls, who are vulnerable to promises of a better life and then forcing them to live and work in unfair and abusive conditions. Many traffickers are well-known, living near us and promising and convincing young people and families that their children will have a better life in a new place. Under the United States federal and Connecticut state laws, human trafficking is a crime. A crime. Let's work together to protect our children against these horrific crimes. If you are a victim or know someone who is a victim of human trafficking, or if you would like to learn more about this serious issue in our society, please contact Love 146 at 203-772-4420. That's 203-772-4420. We need your help. We need you. If you see some say see something, say something. That's how that's how we 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 end uh, human trafficking. If you see something, say something. Trust your instincts, trust your guts. This public service announcement is being sponsored by the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. So I am doing this every day for the month of January. So I want you to want you to, to uh uh just you know pay attention. And if you know something, see something, pay attention, know your neighbors, know what's going on in your neighborhood. 
you know, when you're in spaces and things don't feel right or look right, notify the authorities immediately. Don't don't wave it off as, ah, maybe I'm overreacting. Nope. Trust your first mind. Trust your gut. Trust your instincts. Your instincts don't fail you. We have them for a reason. We have instincts for a reason. And the more that you trust them, the more honed in you become so that you can spot things and see things. If something feels uncomfortable to you, report it to the authorities and let them sort it out. If it's a mistake, they will apologize. Keep it moving. If it's not a mistake, you might be able to save somebody. You might be able to rescue somebody. So that's 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 all I'm saying. You know, and I know we I know we're in this moment of nobody wants to nobody wants to rat people out. Nobody wants to get involved. Nobody wants to. But, you know, the only way that we're going to do the work of of uplifting, rescuing and saving people is if we all take this on as our personal charge. So I'll take a break. I'll be back in a few minutes and uh, Harry's going to play some music or something. And uh, I'll be back at 1015. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Eating went down upstairs, do you feel your blow? Sometimes I wish I was born. There be international Oh, I wish they could come true when I need them the most Oh, money This is Harry Drove and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM Second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. You're listening to us on 103.5 WNHH. And of course, on Facebook, live streaming, Facebook, all the social media, YouTube, Twitter. I think the only place we not live is on Instagram. <laughs> so, but other than that, baby, other than that, we live and live in color. So, um, so we're back for the second, 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 second uh, hour. Uh, you know, when you do this, when you rub your hands together, it's uh, gives you energy through your body. You know that you gotta do it fast though. You gotta clap your hands. You gotta it gives you energy. All these little hacks that I've been learning, following help people on on Instagram. There's so much health information. And I've learned so many things that I didn't know before about all kinds of stuff around what works. 
you know, this is what I know. And, you know, you have to be careful about who you listen to and you got to do your own uh, investigation, your due diligence. Uh, and I have a pretty, a pretty, pretty damn good medical team that supports my health, but they don't know everything. Um, and, um, and most doctors don't know jack about black <laughs> and and black women in specific. So you have to educate them as they're trying to, you know, keep you alive. And you have to remind them about things. You know, this is that, this is this, and and uh and you have to sort of walk your weed your way through all the white supremacist thinking around health particularly how it relates to uh, Black people, because although we've been experimented on and studied against our will and DNA stolen and cells stolen, um, they really don't spend time thinking about our health care and what we need and what's realistic and you know, just all the things that affect us differently than other people. And uh, uh, and that that is problematic. And, I, and, I, and, and there's a great deal of truth to why uh, we just don't trust healthcare professionals. And I, I'm not suggesting that we not go to the doctors because I have a whole team. I have an internist. I have a cardiologist. I have a pulmonary specialist. Um, and I have an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> I added him because I'm still under his care. So I he stays in the mix. Uh, so... Um, and and when I was having all the pain problems, I had pain management team. Um, so so I I've and I've and and I've had doctors for a very long time. My gynecologist retired some years ago, so I spend my time between Women's Health Center and Planned Parenthood uh, for my reproductive care. So uh, so I don't have a, a a dedicated gynecologist, but you know at this age. <laughs> Uh, well, what am I do? So, uh, uh, but I I encourage people to sort of get all the medical care. I was just having this conversation with Andrew and his family, you know, and his sister uh, hasn't. She's only been to the doctors twice in her life. Physical. I was like, girl, and she's she's a little bit older than I am. I was like, girl, if you don't get your ass to the doctor, <laughs> stop, stop, because this is what I this is what I want people to understand and know. Uh, that your body um, will betray you. You know, people are like, oh, I know my body. I know my body. I know my body. No, no, you don't. You think you know your body. You know some parts of your body, but your body will betray you. It will betray you and it will, it will, you will have a heart attack. And, uh, and, uh, you know. So uh, I'm just saying, pay attention. <laughs> pay pay attention, because your body will betray you, and you gotta you gotta let the professionals who know something about whatever to just check you out. You know, once every, every once once a year if you can't, once every other year if you if you feel some kind of way, particularly men, get your prostate checked. Have your colonoscopies. Do all the things that you need to do so that you can stay on this earth. Because things can get real dire real quick. And uh, and I, I want to see people live. And and listen, 
as somebody who stays under a doctor's care all the time and seeing doctors every three months, every 90 days, I'm seeing a team. Uh, I get it and I understand it. And I understand the fear and I understand the trepidation. I understand the concern. I do. I really do. I really do. But a lot of what ails us, um, we can be preventative about. Uh, and that's real talk, uh, particularly black and brown people, particularly us, because, you know, we have a lot of history and, and, and people get frustrated and they don't understand. But, you know, if you if you go back and pay attention to the history of us in this country and what has been done to us in this country by the hands of white people, um, then you would uh, you would be the same. You'd be you'd have a you'd have a great deal of concern, too. You know, you wouldn't be running to the DM doctors either. Because you can't trust what they say and what they do, um, but but I I say that you 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 take a trusted somebody with you if you feel like you don't understand the language or they're not talking to you in a way that helps you understand what is going on. That you can take someone with you. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. So uh, so don't don't put off going to the doctor, particularly if you've had some nagging thing, you know, over a period of time. And and you just think, well, if I just rest a little bit more, if I just stay off of it, if I drink this tea or potion, and all those things could be worth your while, but nothing trumps a good medical workup. So go do that. Handle, take care of yourself. Do the things, you know, do do the things. Uh, I, I'm just glad to be back tap dancing because I have to do everything I can to sort of keep this brain working into my into old age, you know, I want it to be functioning. I don't want to have uh, uh, Alzheimer's and I, I need to figure out a way to go ahead and get more, uh, 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 like more committed to uh, getting this weight off, you know, and I know how to do it. I just, I've just not been motivated, but at least I've started. So I've been taking baby steps, you know, because for me it's consistency. I just got to be consistent. And so, uh, so that's a, that's a big part of it. And health is perhaps my number one issue with all the things that I got going on. I don't want to have to, I don't want to die before I realize some of these dreams. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to fall down dead before I get to, you know, walk across the stage and graduate from divinity school and law school. I want to be able to get those accomplishments done. Right. Before I die, like I don't want to die, <laughs> not yet. I, mean, I know I'm going to die. We're all going to die. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about dying. I'm just not ready to go just yet. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to stave that off. Uh, but you know what? You know, you do all that you need to do. But at the end of the day, I could walk down the street in an anvil to fall on my head. Y'all know how I love to say either an anvil or a piano because you just won't see it coming. <laughs> you just won't. You just won't see it coming. And uh, and that's it. That's the God's honest truth. That's the God's honest truth. So I'm just trying to do all I can to uh, do all I can. Uh, and I don't think I'm doing enough. So it's a little tricky. So I, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure that out and trying to, uh, 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 you know, get, get it done. So, so yeah. Um, but I, but I know that I need a, a intact mind and, and ability to sort of take on these new, these new, uh, these new challenges. So, so fingers crossed for all the things.
prayers for all the things. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, we shall see. I tell you what. Uh, it's going to be a rainy day today. And I started back my um my writing my writing group with my my friend in Ohio, and uh, I've been I've enjoyed it so much. And I I have you know when we started it, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to work on in my writing. You know, I am a writer, but I don't write as much as I used to write, and I don't I don't cover things for the paper like I used to in the early early days. Um, so, uh, so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to focus on and I, I, I fancy myself a poet first and foremost. So I, 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 uh, switched from just writing how I felt to just working on poetry. And, uh, and I love it. We started this back, uh, listen, we started in July. I think we started in July. Yes, we started in July, July 10th. We started um, our accountability group. And uh, and I just started jotting down why I wanted to write. And, uh, and I realized that I missed focusing on poetry. You know, I, I, I missed it. So, so somewhere around... Uh, Somewhere around, let me see, I'm I'm going through. <laughs> somewhere around October, I think I just said, yeah, somewhere around October, October 16th, I just started to say, uh, I'm going to write about poetry. I'm going to write poetry. Um, and and I, I never think about it as being good poetry or bad poetry. I remember when I was a young woman, I'd write stuff and then I would tear it up and throw it in the garbage. And I realized, what the hell am I doing? So then I just started writing a notebook. And if I didn't like a particular poem, I could take the pieces that I like and then start another page. Do you know what I mean? So so you'd watch the evolution of this poem uh, become what makes you feel happy. I, I don't. I think there. Are, I think there are some poems that I, I don't know any. Poets who just think, well, this is perfect. There are some poems that are perfect and you just like, that's it. That's it. And then there are some poems that you'll spend the rest of your life working on them. You just work on them. And uh, 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 and then I and I draw from all the the poets that I'm influenced by. Like I'm heavily influenced by Nikki Giovanni. I'm heavily influenced by Sonia Sanchez. I'm I'm heavily influenced by Ursula Rucker. I love Ursula Rucker. I'm I'm heavily influenced by you know uh, Rita Dove and 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 the young Miss Gorman. And I'm 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 heavily influenced by all these poets that I that I love and. And so I try to find my voice in their voices um, that speak to me because words just kind of come. And so I've been working on these poems and, um, and I don't say some of them are finished. Some of them are, when I look at them now, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I was thinking about this thing. Okay. I was thinking about that thing. Uh, and now that I'm, I'm, I'm in the year, my 60th, turn around the sun 
you know, uh, it is becoming uh, uh, very clear to me how much how much poetry absolutely means to me, and it means so much to me. Um, and uh, and I'm just happy. I'm just happy. I'm just happy, 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 happy. And uh, I'm just trying to write my way through, like everybody else. Write, write your way through. Just write your, write your way through. Write your way through. Right, right on through. <laughs> right through. <laughs> just right through, uh, because nothing moves me more than a good poem. You know, a good poem. I, I mean, listen. I like a lot of people. I love a damn good essay or a good short story or any story. I I love words. But a poem succinctly transports, transforms you um, rather quickly, you know. And a good poem can stay with you all of your life. You're like my friend Andrew, he is always memorizing poems. I I'd like to get back in the habit of doing that. I have some poems poems that I know by memory, you know, uh, like a, a bunch of the Nikki Giovanni poems, some haikus by Sonia Sanchez. Um, uh, yeah, so. Uh, I, I don't know if I could go and memorize. I mean, I I used to mem I I used to could recite "Eagle Tripping" by Nikki Giovanni by heart. I still could if I get into the rhythm rhythm of it. Uh, but it's such a long poem, and it's a performance for me. It's a performance piece. As a matter of fact, it was the piece that I performed when I was um it, 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 it running for a pageant in college, and I became pageant queen. Anyway. Uh, I did ego tripping because that was my talent. I didn't have any other talent, but, you know, I had this voice and the command of language. And so I used it to my my benefit. And so that's that's what I did. And it, and it worked out. It worked out well. And in those days, you didn't call it um, spoken word. Um, it was like uh, the oration club or, uh, you know, speech club or what. It was something like that. And it was fine, right? Like. It was fine. And so everybody was doing it. And then, you know, then we, you know, we all, we all got, you know, uh, got, uh, uh, was listening to, to the, to the poor righteous teachers. And, you know, those of us that came up in the eighties and we was listening to, to, you know, Gil Scott Haran, you know, uh, we all was getting high and drunk on that kind of stuff. Just, you know, immersing ourselves as intellectuals and black intellectuals, black pseudo intellectuals. <laughs> so we was all running around, um, uh, <laughs> quoting Amiri Baraka. <laughs> you know, we was all running around talking about you know, H, you know, H. Rap Brown, uh, Amiri Baraka. We always, all of us, Gil Scott Haran. Uh, we always was out there, you know, talking that talk and and you know easing into our poetry and just being black and comely and so uh so I went to that period I went to that period but poetry has been the sustaining like no other art form has been so sustaining and nurturing to me second to music um well art poetry being first in music or maybe they're just you know in a dead heat you know maybe they're in a dead heat because I love I love music I love me some music let me tell you something you know, I could put on I could put on an album and set the tone for anything, um, uh, because I believe in music as the soundtrack of one's life. You know, and if you don't have favorite songs that, that move you, you know, you need a song for when your heart is breaking. You need a song that you celebrate. 
You need a song when like, hey, when you fall in love and it feels good, you need a song for that. You need a song for that. And I'll bet you, I'll go you one better. You need a song and a damn poem too. <laughs> you need a song and a poem. And sometimes songs are poems. You know, particularly when you when you go and look at the lyrics of, you know, of a good Otis Redding song or a good Aretha Franklin song or Marvin Gaye, you know, particularly when he was with um, Tammy Terrell. What? I mean, those songs are poems. I mean, just honest to God, poems, you know, stuff that you could say right out without music, acapella. So poetry is my my first real true love. It really is. It has always been. So when spoken word, and we always had spoken word, right? All of us used to run down to the New York in New York. Uh, spoken word has been with us since the very beginning of time. But, you know, we call it different things. So I, I love I love these 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 poets. That's why when I was uh uh when I was at the uh the the uh, environmental justice Zanette Poetry Slam, man, I it just felt so good to hear these young poets out there spitting. It was just and just be thought provoking, and you could just feel it in your body. You know the way that they just came to these words. You know words are power. Words are spells, and words have power. And people were moved, moved, moved. You couldn't be in that room and heard those words and not be moved. If you were in that room and you weren't moved, you were dead. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You could not be alive and, and be moved by those words. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> So rap music is just poetry to words. You know, it's the stuff that we've always been sort of honing, right? We've always been call and response. It's always been the roots of to, to that, to that, to spoken word and to gospel and to music and to jazz. The roots are deep in us. It is in us. Everybody said, listen, I don't know no black person that don't got at least one rap song that they know. I don't care if it's the Sugar Hill Gang or the Wu-Tang Clan or whatever. Everybody's got a rap song that they, a battle rap song. Everybody got a battle rap song. Everybody. Even if you, I, I know rap songs that if I had to say them now, I couldn't say it. But if I hear the beat, it just rolls off my tongue. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> This is why I love the power of words and music together. Poetry and music together. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, I think that's probably my next goal is to cut uh, my own CD of poetry of my making with music behind it. I could do it. <laughs> What's not to do? <laughs> Let's figure this out. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> I want to put some of my poetry to music. Give me a beat. <laughs> Let's see if I can make a CD. That's it. Maybe that's what I do in my 60s. I do all the things. Shoot. Find me a studio. Somebody's got a studio. I know enough musicians. Paul Bryant Hudson, Brian Slatery. All these cats that I know out here playing good ass music, I can't get them in the studio to like give me some music. Like, listen, figure out some music for me. I just need some, you know, 
some jazz, some put me something behind it. Or let me lift some of your stuff and then put my voice over it. You know, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I look at me, just create more ish to do. <laughs> but that's, but that's the, that's, you know what? That's the beauty of a liberation mind. That the ability that you could just do anything. And I, listen, for you people out there who are listening, not anything like stupid foolishness. No, 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 no. I'm talking about things that you could do. Like, I have no desire to go and be a pilot of an airplane. If I wanted to, I could figure that out how to do it. It would take an exorbitant amount of time and money. But that's not my desire. But if it's your desire, you could sort of make that happen. Do you know what I mean? So when you have a liberation mindset, you could do anything. He was like, you know what? I want to do anything. But I don't mean anything like I want to go rob a bank. No, not that kind of anything. I'm talking about if there's something in you that you've always wanted to do, but you listen to people talk you out of it, or you've talked yourself out of it because you didn't want people to see you attempting. Because it's really about the attempt. Because I think what happens with people is if they attempt and fail, the shame that follows that is overwhelming, right? That, and that's, that's really what happens with people. It's the attempt at something and the failing of it, which breaks their heart and breaks their spirit. But really, when you fail at something, it's just the universe's way of saying, go at this a different way. <laughs> Think about it a different way or go in a different direction. And maybe you'll come back around to this thing with some more information and some more skills to actually bring it to fruition. That's the kind of mess we got to teach in school. That's what we have to teach young people to understand. But we have to teach old dogs this too, because people, you know, people get in their ways and they think, well, I don't feel like doing that. It's going to take too much work or whatever, whatever, whatever. But there's no dream so deferred that you can't resurrect it. I, I just don't believe it. I just don't. I see too many, you know, if I never saw a story, if I never saw a resurrection story, then I might be inclined to believe that you can't do things. But I've seen too many resurrection stories in my life and in other people's lives all over the world where, you know what? One door closes, another door opens. That's that's very real. That's very real. So, so, so I, I want people to sort of go have a liberation mindset, believing that they could do anything. And don't worry about the failing part. The failing part is just get back up and do it again or try it again or do it again or go back in another way or learn something new or maybe there's a part or a skill that you need to sort of bring this thing to fruition. That That's, that's, that's how we should be teaching failure. Not like, damn, I failed, it's over. It is never over. I remember my Uncle Lonnie used to say to me, nothing is ever over. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to apply that to everything in my life, Uncle Lonnie, but I'm going to go with you on some of it. Because <laughs> there are some things I need to be over. <laughs> There's some things I just have to have be done. You know, but the point that he was making to me was, there's no such thing as a missed opportunity. There are missed opportunities, but there's no such as, as a because if it's meant for you, it won't get by you. And if you if you if you 
put yourself in the stream of opportunity, it will come back around somehow, some way. That might not come back around tomorrow or next week or whatever, but use that time wisely so that you can create this, you know, create the skills or whatever you need to do to be in a position. So when it comes back around, you catch it. Lightning. 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 Because too oftentimes we just think, because I see I see it with my daughters all the time. They get so frustrated at failure. Oh my God. Oh. I mean, it's so dramatic. I just, you know what? Every time I see them and they they're all dramatic, I was like, applause. You 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 get the Academy Award for best performance of a fool in a supporting role. <laughs> it's just like every little thing just I'm just like. And I talk about this with my girlfriends all the time. It's like, how are they built? <laughs> Damn, every little thing is like some personal attack on their person. And I'm like, y'all got to get some thicker skin. I thought I was raising kids with thicker skin, but maybe thicker skin comes later. You know, because they're they're all in their 20s. So maybe thicker skin comes later. No. Oh. The, the what is it the frontal cortex is not developed fully until the 26 27 so maybe they'll get some thicker skin and then i have to remind myself when i was that age but when i was that age i, I think i was a little further along in terms of chasing dreams you know i i never um i never felt quite defeated the way that i see them quickly get defeated and then i have to talk them up like okay listen look at this and catch a breath <laughs> Come at this another kind of way. Catch your breath. Look at it another kind of way. And, you know, I don't dare talk to them in the moment when they're having these damn meltdowns. I wait and circle back around because I've learned. Because, you know, when they're on fire, they want to set me on fire. I say, oh, I'm not a fire extinguisher. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang back. I'm going to let the embers. <laughs> I'm going to wait till they get to the ember part. <laughs> you know, when it's not all volatile. It's just like a steady burn. Then I come back around and say, hey, that's like, you know, this is what I think. You know, maybe you should think about this or go look over there, you know, that kind of thing. And then the nine times out of ten, they 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 get it together. But you know, I I yeah. <laughs> I just think people have to it's it's a shame is a hard thing to un to 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 move from. And and failure feeds that so well, um, and 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 it's not really the actual failure; it's being seen at the attempt. You know what I mean? Because people are like, "Ooh, girl, I told you, you should have done that," or "Ooh, mm, mm. you know what I mean?" Whispers, quiet the choir of them. You, know, you gotta set the choir down. You know, sometimes you need the choir because you need a good choir, <laughs> but oftentimes. To just be the lone wolf out there and be like, you know what? This is the North Star. I'm going to follow that. And that's that's what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's how you have to think about it. You have to create your, and you know, listen, I'm for everybody getting the self-help books and doing all the things. Do all the things. Read all the books. But at some point, you got to come up out of the books. At some point, you got to put down the journals and the workbooks and get into it. You know, you can't just be writing about the attempt to get into it. You know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, now you just got to like, I am in it, get into it, you know, 
and and then don't worry about it. Don't don't talk yourself out of it. Just jump into it. Get into it. You know, just get into it. Put the journal down. Put all the affirmations away. And just like beat it head on. Jump into the stream and swim. Float if you have to, but keep it moving. You know, and don't let time don't and you know, time is is our own construct. Time is our own construct. You have all the time in the world. You really do. You have all the time in the world. And 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 dismantle the, the idea that, well, at this particular time I'm gonna do this, at this time I'm gonna do that. Nope, 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 nope. If the if the if something presents itself and you feel and, and it catches you, you get that moment of before before you beat it out of yourself, before you throw it away out of yourself, that that mo that spark, that first spark of interest, follow that as fast as you can. Let that lightning take you somewhere. Because if you if you see that spark and then you sleep on it, it might not ignite again. You know, it might not ignite again. You know, and then you'll and then you'll get into this place of complacency. And you'll be like, well, maybe I didn't really want to do that anyway. Like, well, I'm better off. I'm better off what I'm doing. Well, I'm I'm safe doing this. This is safe. I don't know about that other thing. And that, my friends, is the dash between the day you are born and the day you leave this earth. That's the dash. So ignite that spark. When that spark hits, you know, you know what we say in the club, when that beat drop. <laughs> You know, it don't take it only takes a few beats for you to um drop it like it's hot. You know when you're on that dance floor, you hear that beat, you run to that dance floor. When that beat drop, baby, no matter where you at, the cues understand this all too well. When they hear Parliament Funkadelic, Atomic Dog, I don't give a damn what cue is in anywhere from the White House to the curb. They gonna do that jump hop thing that they do. I've seen cues jump out of cars in traffic. <laughs> I've seen brothers, I've seen the bros in tuxedos at fine, fine, fine establishments and fancy affairs. That beat drop, what? <laughs> it is the universal call for them. <laughs> so that's my point. When you when that beat drop got to get into it you got to get into it and who cares who's looking nobody cares you know why because the people who are looking at you are silently wishing that they could have that courage too and here's the and here's the, here's the real secret you already have the courage you have absolutely the courage you have absolutely courage you know so listen so listen for the beat drop people <laughs> you got one. There's one in you. Everybody's got a battle rap song. Everybody's got a beat that when it drops, whoo, it's fire. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> That's not my battle rap song. <laughs> but I, I just love the, I just love the lyrics because that was that 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 um Grandmaster Flash uh lyric probably was the first real indication of mental health struggles in our communities. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. 
And that, my friends, is uh, what I'm going to leave you with. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. I got Kay on uh, with a young man from Alberta who is um, trying to pursue his uh, his education and needs some money. We're going to have a good conversation tomorrow at 10.15. I hope you tune in. Uh, I'm going to go listen to Nicholas uh, Davidoff and uh, Dr. Kalila uh, uh, Dean Brown um, in conversation with Nicholas at the Hamden Board of Ed over there on Putnam tonight at 7 o'clock. So if you're around Hamden, uh, come check that out. It'll, it'll be well worth your time. I'll see y'all. Thanks, Harry. Bye. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Says she watches too much, it's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation, can't take the train to the job, there's a strike at the station. Me on King Kong, standing on my back, can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane, I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me, call um to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under